This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Before we get to this week's guest, I just want to take a quick moment to thank everyone who listens to this show. You've taken time out of your day where you could be doing anything else, and you're spending it with me and my guest. If you're looking for some great ways to help support Everything is Awesome, head on over to patreon.com slash that entertains. There, you can subscribe to That's Entertainment Podcast Network and get early access to Everything is Awesome, Bullies Keep Out, The Ladies Who Rant, and more. We also have exclusive content that can't be found anywhere else. I'd also like to take a moment to thank those who are supporting us on Patreon. Without them, we wouldn't be able to produce all the content that we do. Michael D'Angelo, thank you. If you'd like to be like Mike and support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash thatentertains. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. The more of those we get, the more ears we get in front of. Or, word-of-mouth recommendations are another great way to spread the good word of awesome. This week, I sit down with the founder of Temple of Geek, Daniel Slade. What a badass last name, right guys? We chat about old technology, James Gunn, Chris Hardwick, and of course, Temple of Geek, amongst a whole slew of other things. Without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Mr. Daniel Slade right here on AwesomePodcast.com and ThatEntertains.com slash network. I don't know how it's going to work uh, when it comes to uh, the time frame of us posting, but in real life, I had ju- I, I have just guested on your show, uh, and and now you're here. So this is like a true crossover uh, where and and I must say uh, I apologize to both uh, my listeners and and our guests from last week. Uh, I think it's last week's guest. Uh, everything is awesome. The other everything is awesome podcast where I did not clear with with them how we were recording our crossover so that whew, I, I haven't edited yet so i don't even know how that sounds guys uh but uh, uh daniel and i we we were smart about it and we we talked a little bit a little bit yeah yeah um i gotta and i gotta i gotta say i'm super impressed with uh and, and you said you you mentioned it was new but uh the the professional like pre-interview interview almost that we had Oh yeah. I mean, it's something I saw. I was like, it's something we need to do. Cause you know, we started recording podcasts. Sometimes I'd just be like, Hey guys, let's get on the radio. Let's we'll start recording. And what are we talking about? I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> and you know, I was like, we're going to start having guests on. We need to probably be a little bit more prepared. <laughs> so and it's, and it's funny. I, it's on the opposite. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, um, I don't prepare at all. Uh, even for my own show, like, I made the joke on your show where I was like, oh man, I'm glad I don't have to prepare anything. And, and literally I don't prepare anything for this either. Like, <laughs> uh, and, and it's for the first time, um, 
uh, my fiance called me out on it. She's like, uh, and she doesn't listen to my show at all. She does. She, she's just started listening to podcasts in 2018 and it was to listen to my favorite murder. And, and I was like, Oh my God, you're listening to that. I'll listen to it so we can talk about it. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Just don't listen to it. And I, I listen to it so we can talk about it, but she doesn't listen to my show at all. She doesn't uh, listen to your show. No, no. It's it's as I told you on your show. I'm like a third rate Kevin Smith, and like, and here's the best part. Uh, I I don't know how uh, we never really clarified how deep you go into Kevin Smith. That sounded way dirtier than I meant it to. But we'll uh, you can answer that in a second. Uh, not only is his name Kevin, and he does a bunch of podcasts, and he's he's he does film. Uh, I'm Kevin. Uh, I do a bunch of podcasts. Uh, or did at one point and I have an interest in film. Like I would love to record, like I would love to direct one day. His wife is, uh, Jen and my fiance is Jen. So, uh, it's, it's real. Like I'm just, I'm literally a Smith away from being Kevin Smith. Legally get your name changed. (laughs) All right. Uh, kids, your guys are going to change your last name to Smith as well. Uh, by the way fiance uh jen we are going to now be the smiths not the the future gallagher's make sure you name your daughter harley (laughs) harley quinn to be exact it's uh my my fiance is way uh not into allowing that kind of bull crap to happen uh it's my son is named uh he's named after me he's the third but we call him trey because i refuse to have another kevin gallagher in the house um I grew up as a junior, so it's it's it, especially as the child gets older, um, it can get confusing when it comes to mail and phone calls and stuff like that. Maybe maybe that's a uh, like a, a, a I guess technically I'm a millennial, but I, I like to say zennial. I'm in between that Gen Xer and, and millennial phase. But maybe that's just like a general. Maybe that's an issue of like yesteryear, like because everyone has their own. Even kids have their own cell phones. So like, I don't have a house phone. What are you talking about? Babies come out with cell phones nowadays. <laughs> but I mean, that was, I don't know like how it was as when you were growing up, but like, uh, you oh, know, I had the freaking 40 foot long cord <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we ran from the hallway into my bedroom and my parents would trip over it and be like, what the hell? And I'm like, dude, I'm on the phone. <laughs> uh, and I, like for me, and I, I guess there's even a problem when you're, when you don't have the same name, but like if someone calls on a house phone, cause like that's, that's essentially like a, a crappy version of talking. Um, it's like, that's like, uh, it's almost like the Skype. <laughs> like if you're going to, if, if you're going to, to analog it to anything, it's kind of like the Skype of, of traditional phone calls where cell phones is like the, I don't know, the, the 4k version of phone calls. Uh, <laughs> but you could tell, like, it was harder to tell who you were talking to on those, on those landlines. Um, and I guess even like in a household where you don't have the same name, like if no one said, if someone like a lot of times I, someone would call and they'd be like, Hey, what's up? Like they wouldn't even ask for the person they were talking, they wanted to talk to. They just like, Hey, what's up? They just assume well, it was my dad. You, well, you remember, we, we actually recognized voices back then. I mean, we actually learned phone numbers and then yeah. we knew who the person sounded like on the phone when we called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can att- I can attest to definitely knowing phone numbers back then. I, I was, I, and this might be because I'm tone deaf. Uh, that I, depending on the person, um, I would maybe think that it was someone else. And I, to this day, that's that's the issue too. And that maybe that's beyond being tone deaf. But like, I I only have a handful of phone numbers memorized, whereas. 15 years ago when, uh, you know, I maybe had, 
I maybe had a cell phone. Uh, probably One not the little tiny blue Nokia's. I, my, <laughs> or I guess it would be a giant brick Nokia. My fr- my first cell phone I got when I was fifteen, only because I had a job, uh, and it was the like had to be the first flip phone because it literally if you if you had it closed and you put it on its back, it looked like a toy tank. Um, it was huge. It was, it was before the small phones. So I had, I'm 34. Uh, so almost 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I had my first cell phone. Uh, and, and it was basically like the portable version of a car phone. So I was 20. So yeah, I guess that's about the same year. Cause I'm, I'm 39. Okay. So um, I had one of them giant Nokia. Well, I keep saying it was giant. It was probably about the length of my freaking hand yeah. from fingertip to palm. It was a black Nokia. I don't even remember the model of it with the green screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Try to keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's well, and, and it was, you know, it's, I would say like, I have a, let me pull it up now. I have a, an iPhone eight plus. Yeah. Plus. So like, I venture to say, if I'm picturing this, the the Nokia that you had correctly, my phone is physically bigger, but not as bulky. Correct. Yeah. And I think it's the bulk that was the problem, not really the size of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is amazing. It's like that wasn't so long ago, like to, like 20 years ago. Well, like round it up. Uh, to to go from like those brick phones uh, to literally. Uh, a a computer that's probably more powerful than what definitely more powerful than the computers I used in high school. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely more powerful than the computer that took man to the moon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went. It, it, there was what was I read an article um, somewhere where and this I mean it's not a recent article but some I think it was a government agency was using like four hundred PlayStation threes to to like run something because that's how like it was cheaper and, and more powerful than like, you know, I remember seeing something about that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and I mean, I don't know. That doesn't really have anything to do with anything except for computers and whatnot. But yeah, that's crazy that like <laughs> that you it can was some foreign government, I think. Was it a foreign government? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, listen, I, I, I'm not prepared to talk about anything. It's, um, so for, for those uh, listening, uh, it's uh, I don't, do you ever fall into because you're old enough to like remember when when radio was radio and there was no podcast. Um, so as a podcaster, do you ever fall into like radio tropes where and, and this is my big one where I say if you're just tuning in, like no one's just tuning into the middle of a podcast. <laughs> No, uh, I don't, I try not to, I think I did at the very beginning and I'm like, welcome trying to make my voice all fancy and stuff like the radio people. And, <laughs> um, and I'm just like, that sounds so stupid. Oh God. Wait, wait until you, uh, listen to the, every intro I do. It's, it's, I go way over it's, uh, last year I recorded a special for our, for the 10 year anniversary of me doing podcasting and I sat down with my old producer and talked and like, he's known me obviously for, for 10 years. He was my first producer. So he's known me a minimum of 10 years longer. Cause we go back before uh, podcasting and uh, 
so we were sitting down talking, just normal, normal conversation, probably not much different than what you and I are doing now. And then uh, that was at the time where I was, I was doing intros live during the show. I, w- I was, and, and then adding an intro to it as well. And so we're sitting there talking and then he's like, all right, like we're good to record. I'm like, all right, welcome to this week's edition of everything. And I do that hack radio intro. <laughs> This is the Temple of Geek podcast. Yeah, I mean, I used to do that, and <laughs> just I don't know, I don't do that anymore, as you could tell. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I think um, there's a lot of things that I uh, just kind of refuse to adapt to when it comes to podcasting, and I think I think part of that is um, having been doing it for basically like maybe a year after, like podcasting by name has been around for about twelve, maybe thirteen years. Um, Obviously, before that, webcasting was the thing. Every radio show, at least in Philly, they prior to podcast being a term, you were you were able to go listen to commercial free versions of the DJs uh, in a webcast that you could download to your computer. It would take an hour to download, but you could download it. Sometimes more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, really, audio, digital audio, listening on your computer. Now your smartphone um, has been around, I want to say almost since as, as long as the internet, probably in some fashion it has been. But I remember like the early days of uh, the big radio station for us in Philly was YSP. Um, and that was the station that aired Howard Stern and, and eventually turned into an all talk station and stuff like that. And before I want to say 2006 was like is when it's the term podcast is officially recognized. So like in the early 2000s, you could download a radio show. Yeah, I we started in 2012, so it was about six years after that. Um, I only listened to like Kevin Smith's podcast at the time, um, not Babylon. What was the other one? Smodcast. Yeah. Um, so I was like, man, that actually sounds fun. I wonder if I can do that. <laughs> well, perfect. Okay, so this is uh, you're, you're doing the show for me. Um, you you kind of led into where I wanted to go. Um, so Wait, you had a plan. Th- th- I, th- there's, there is a plan. There's a plan that I don't share with anybody. Uh, it's, it's, and we had the, the benefit of talking for an hour or so prior to doing my, uh, this show here. Um, so, but, but I do usually have a plan and I like to get the person's origin point. And, and you have a couple origin points that we can probably touch on because Temple of Geeks, uh, which is, uh, you, you run Temple of Geeks, both the podcast and the site, correct? That's correct. So um, we can touch on a couple of different things when it comes to to the TOG, if you will. Uh, I like that. I like the acronym TOG. Um, <laughs> but so, so your your origin point with podcasting is uh, is uh, 2012. Kevin Smith. Does it go before that at all? Like when did you start listening to Smodcast? So, so I, I've probably listened to Smodcast probably about a year before that all happened. And one day, my friend and I, you know, we would have these great long philosophical debates until three o'clock in the morning in our garage while drinking beer as all philosophical debates are. Of course. And you know, one day I was like, dude, have you ever heard of the Smodcast? And I started talking to him about the podcast. I was like, we should try that. It's so simple. All we have to do is just record ourselves talking. <laughs> so we were like, well, what the hell are we going to talk about? So we, I don't know. We went back and forth and finally we were like, we need to re- do a review, a movie review. Let's just, do a whole movie review. We'll record it, see how it turns out. So we ended up watching uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. Um, oh, that's when, a phenomenal film. 
And yeah, it was actually really good. I mean, I've seen it like prior to that, but I watched it again and was taking notes and trying to be all like professional about it. And then we recorded and it sounded like crap. (laughs) Um, I have all, I have the original 33 episodes of the temple of geek podcast. I will probably put those back up on the site at some point. Um, but yeah, man, it was just it was just pure crap. And then we were like, well, let's do it again because this was awesome. And next week we did it. And we just we kept doing it. Well, everyone's first episode, I I, I, I talk from plenty of experience because I've had a lot of first episodes. Um, in in the eleven years I've been, I've been podcasting, I've developed and been part of more show, like probably 13 to 15 different shows. Um, so I have a lot of first episodes and, and everyone's like, I was surprised when I had issues first starting to do everything as awesome because like at that point I was like eight years in, I was like, all right, I'm an expert at podcasting now. So like I should have zero issues. And like it was issue after issue for the first 10 weeks. Like I, th- I believe episode 10 was called celebrating failure. Um, and, and, and it was from like episode 10 on that I started to get my shit together. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I, there's an argument that I've heard plenty of people say like, yeah, I remove after I, after I get good at doing podcasting, I remove the first couple episodes cause they sound like dog shit. And if people start from the beginning, I don't want that to be the first like inclination of, of, of what we are. But my argument against that is like, I think people, I think in 2018, like people understand what a podcast is and that like when you first start out, you got to learn. So, so, so if they start off with something that sounds good, they're going to expect something better. So I am maybe again, maybe this is me being lazy. Uh, Maybe it's me trying to set the bar real low, but uh, I'm happy that I have stuff that doesn't sound so great because it's, it's part of my mythology at this point. Mine so much wasn't getting rid of it because it was horrible, um, but it was because we went from whatever hosting site we were on. I don't even remember. It was like Podomatic or something like that to actually starting our own website. And when we started the website, we relaunched the Temple of Geek podcast into the Toddcast, like I mentioned on you know the episode that we recorded prior to this. And uh, we started over with episode number one and went from that way. Uh, and all that is hosted on my site now. We don't. We yeah. no longer host anything on a external site. Well, and, and that's I think a super valid reason to to not necessarily have it on your feed anymore. Like I don't have, like I don't have any of my original stuff up anywhere anymore because I have switched. Now I've always done self hosting because that's ten years ago, 10, 11 years ago. That's the only way I knew how to do it was to self host. Um, and I've never gone to like Lipson or Blueberry. I mean, I use Blueberry to to publish uh, on the website, but but it, everything's hosted, self-hosted. Um, but I've switched servers multiple times since then. I took a four year break at some point. So like me also saying I've been podcasting for 11 years is kind of a sham. Like it's 11 years because that's how math works. Uh, it's 11 years since I started. Yes. Yes. But consecutively, however, yeah, that's, it is a sham consecutively, but, but, but math is math. You can't, I mean, no matter what schools are trying to do with math being different now, like 11, the math checks out to 11 years. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, where'd we go? Why, why did I go on this math tangent? Uh, oh yeah. That's why I don't have my original shows. And, uh, but yeah, I absolutely love the idea of when a podcast does something like that, when they, for whatever the reason is starting a brand new show, renumbering and kind of rebranding or whatever. 
uh, digging into that old library because, and I think this is maybe more of the Kevin Smith in me than it is like the, the person that knows how to market uh, and, and brand. Cause I, I tend to, um, I, you know, as I promoted on your show, I, I, I kind of put more focus on my personal Twitter, Twitter handle than I did on the show Twitter handle, uh, because I kind of brand myself as a person versus as like, oh, yeah, listen to my podcast. It's more about like, listen to me. Um, so uh, but I think those old episodes are part like I, I try to every now and then maybe put some clips in like if I do a not necessarily a clip show, but that 10 year anniversary show, I, I, I threw some clips in because it was like the perfect time to do so. And it. Um, it, I don't know. I think it, especially if like you're like if if Daniel is the part of uh, Toddcast or, or the Temple of Geekcast that is the consistent, then like your listenership knows you now, and like that's a cool part of your mythos is that first thirty three episodes. Yeah, I, you know, I will probably put it back up one day, but sadly, a lot of it's dated material because a lot of our episodes in the very beginning were, you know, just. Hey, check out this awesome movie. You know, uh, Star Wars just came out. Let's talk about that for 17 episodes. Um, so, you know, a lot of that stuff is dated, but I would still release it just to kind of show you where we were. Um, the guy I started with, you know, he's off getting married, doing things now. He doesn't really do too much. He comes back and writes an article probably for me once a year. Um, so, you know, the original people that started it is no longer there. It's just me. Um I now have a brand new, all new crew that work for me and they're, they're phenomenal. Uh, they do all sorts of things. Um, and I had several people come on the show with me and, you know, we've done the show since then, but uh, those original episodes, they, they hold a special place because it was when I first started learning how to do everything. Yeah. And th- that's what I love. I mean, like now for me going back 10, 11 years, especially is like to, I would say like the, anything that's pre everything is awesome. I, I'm really, I'm kind of selective of what I do share because, uh, and this kind of, uh, falls in line with like the recent events with James Gunn, uh, like 10, 11 years ago, I was a completely different person. Um, and I, there's, I was not the greatest humorist. I, I did provocative humor. I, I, and I also grew up in a time where like, Okay, if I'm going to do a podcast, like uh, the closest thing to that is a radio show, and oh, like I listen to Stern, I listen to to Kid Chris, who was like the 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 Philly version of of Stern. So like I listen to all these shock jock radio. So like I'm not necessarily happy with with uh, the type of humor I did 10, 11 years ago, um, and 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 so I am kind of selective of what I I bring over from that time frame because while I believe in those mythos uh, and my mythology and, 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 and all that stuff brought me to, to ep- what this episode that I'm doing with Daniel from temple of geeks and, and the person I am right now today. Uh, I also realize that there's humor in those episodes that probably isn't actually humor, <laughs> especially in 2018. Uh, and there's zero reason for me to a paint myself as an asshole uh, and B uh, have humor out there that might hurt somebody, you know? And, and again, not, it's not even humor. Like it's, it's tasteless uh, attempts at humor. We, we've all had those. Yeah. It's, and that's like, okay. So before we, we go more into to you and, and Temple of Geek, uh, where do you fall on the whole James Gunn of it all? I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it was 10 years ago. 
you know, I was having a conversation with one of our, one of my other group members about this, you know, it's like, it seems like the idea of someone having a personal life outside of the job and being able to say what they want to say has gone out the window. You have all, you know, we talked a little bit about toxic fandom earlier. Mm -hmm. You have all these anonymous people who are just spouting crap off some of the worst crap you've ever seen in your life. But you have someone that's in a public figure. They say one thing and they're gone. I mean, careers ruined. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for James Gunn. It's happening so much now it's becoming the norm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it honestly didn't really phase me. I am Mark Bernardin. Mark Bernardin. Am I saying his last name right? Mark Bernardin. I think I think I got it right. Mark, the the co the other guy on Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith. Um, he's he's I mean just a funny dude. Uh, I, I can't imagine anyone listening to this episode doesn't know who he is. But he published an article yesterday, maybe for the Hollywood Reporter, In the Hollywood Journal. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hollywood, the Hollywood Journal. Hollywood. Uh, no, I think it's the Reporter. You're oh, right. Okay. Okay. God damn. It's made me second guess myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he published a, an article there uh, about it, and it like that. I read that, and it, and it it helped me figure out what side of the fence I was on because I was looking at it as um, the a from three different directions. A the guy who blasted Chris Hardwick. Uh, on on social media because of what came out about him with um, Chloe Dykstra. Uh, as uh, I looked at it from the angle of someone who, uh, quote unquote, runs an entertainment company, uh, for whatever that means to to a uh, what, what is essentially a, an expensive hobby. Um, and then also from the side of it uh, as someone who 10, 10 to 11 years ago uh, didn't maybe say that type of humor on social media, but I know there's probably things out there that like, God, what, what would someone find 10 years ago in my social media feed? Um, and, and more importantly, not more importantly, but equally as importantly, like I know what I said, like, you know, just in, in what I thought was a casual, like not, not serious conversation. And, and we were just having goofing off and having fun. Um, I looked at it from all three angles and like, and, and this isn't an excuse at all, and it doesn't make it right, but like 10, 11 years ago, the world was very different, and humor was perceived differently. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason no one called him out for it 11 years ago, and, and, and it wasn't because he wasn't a nobody. He was a nobody. Like, James Gunn, 10 years ago, is still making art and still directing films. Scooby-Doo, uh, man. Yeah, so like, you know, it, it's it's that's like an issue, too. Like, if you just look at it from that very basic, like, mindset is like well how come he didn't get called out 10 years ago for this um and it's because 10 years ago no one batted an eye at it and and that does not make it right at all uh and and i i wrote an article after reading mark's article and and i kind of reiterated reiterated some of the things that he said um and, and i think to like what sums it up perfectly is that like yes james gunn was an asshole we were all assholes 10 years ago. Uh, and I would say, I eventually guess in 10 years from now, I'll say, man, I was an asshole 10 years ago. Um, because every, you're just progressively maturing and, and finding like fine tuning who you are as a person. And yeah, he has the, the there's the argument that he was in his forties 10 years ago, but I don't know how much that necessarily matters. Um, Cause he's in Hollywood, I guess is that he could use that excuse. Like they're all immature. Uh, but um, I was doing a lot of blow back then. 
I just, I, I think that like the fact that he was that person and that by all accounts, he is a different person. Um, and he is someone who generally is considered a, a, you know, a nice guy and, and stands up for the, uh, the underprivileged, the undervoiced. Um, I don't know. I, 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 and it's, it's, I think if you take all the politics that come from it out of it, uh, and, and that's kind of like what people have been saying is the reasoning behind all this, um, Disney definitely, I don't, in my opinion, should not have fired him. I understand why they did. I, I do I, understand it. I, I, just I agree, agree too. They went, they went too far. You know, a lot of these companies, I feel, are going too far with a lot of this stuff. Um, you brought up Chris Hardwick. You know, just recently, AMC did an investigation, didn't find any faults, so they reinstated him. Um, you know, I. I, I Where's to do justice? I, I, I guess is my my thing. You know, the, is everybody's guilty before there's before there even there's a trial. I mean, I know there, there's probably not going to be a trial for a lot of this stuff, but you get what I'm saying. It's just like we used to be innocent until proven guilty, and it's the exact opposite now. Someone can just say one little thing about you, and your whole life can be ruined, and it may not be the truth. Yes, and, and see, uh, and 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 this is it's it's hard to. I can't even talk because it's so hard to kind of know where I am when it comes to that, because innocent until proven guilty, definitely when it comes to justice and stuff. But when it comes to, I think the, the public opinion, um, I think I do stand on, on the side of, you know, uh, opinions. It doesn't matter what, what the justice, what, if you're innocent until proven guilty, I, I think you have the, I, as a person, I have every right to have the opinion of, I think you're guilty. Um, I, I agree with that. You're fine with, you're, you're fine with having your opinion, but it's these people's opinions that are ruining these other people's careers. Yes. And, and just because the mass population feels that this guy did something wrong. Now his career is ruined and he may have not even done anything wrong because there has been nothing to show what evidence there has been no evidence put forward, you know, or an investigation put forward or anything like that. So that's why I was happy to see that AMC did something. I don't know mm-hmm. what they did, but they got some law firm, legal firm in and they did some sort of investigation and they felt that they were able to reinstate him. So uh, I'm going to give the flip argument to this um, because uh, some backstory is that, uh, we, I, one of the shows that I used to host and it's still listed as, as a network show because it's still kind of, it, it was around in, in this new generation of Kev. Uh, and I plan on bringing it back yeah, in another, within the next year, but I used to do the show called the Zomcast. It was originally called the walking dead Zomcast uh-huh. since season one of the walking dead, me and the, the co-creators of this podcast did a recap show about the walking dead. The Talking Dead did not start until season two. Let's just keep that in mind as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, during the early on in the, the the run of The Walking Dead, and obviously The Talking Dead, uh, Chris Ner- uh, Chris Nerdist Chris Hardwick was doing a live show with his Nerdist podcast in um, in Philadelphia. So I I messaged uh, him through something and, or his people rather and said, Hey, big fan of you and talking dead and, and your podcast and whatnot. I'm a local Philly guy. I see you're coming to town. 
uh, in a couple months. And I don't know what you have planned and what's set, but maybe we can figure out a way to like have my show. And it wasn't even the talking or my, my Zomcast show. It was my other, it was my other show that I was doing at the time. It's like, I would love to find a way to like open for you. And like, Hey, by the way, we also have like the walking dead in common. Uh, long story short, uh, like less than 48 hours later, I got a cease and desist from AMC. Uh, so I honestly, so and people have called me out for having like a personal grudge against Chris Hardwick. Um, and I, I think grudge is a, is a, uh, I think that's a, that's a harsh word. I don't know if I have a grudge against him. Um, but ever since then I, I've, I've had a bad taste in my mouth about Chris Hardwick because here's a guy who at the time, uh, before he got famous with the nerdist really like was not super successful. Um, and yeah, he had singled out, but what, like, I don't, I don't know of anything he did after that until the nerdist and this, and Chris Hardwick got famous because of a podcast. So in my eyes, Chris Hardwick is one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, I can't get in the mindset of being that guy and getting the level of success that Chris Hardwick did. And then basically shitting on the little guy. Like I, I, that's just not me. Now let me play devil's advocate here just for a okay. second. You said the email or the cease and desist came from AMC mm-hmm. and you said you emailed or contacted his people. Is there a possibility that he didn't see any of your email communication and this all happened with their legal department and it was actually AMC that did that to you? So, uh, and I've heard this, 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 uh, as well. So I, I, I went through his Facebook, which I don't believe is run by Chris Hardwick. I believe it's run by assistants. So there's a possibility he didn't see it, but there's also, I think a better possibility that he did see it. Um, I, I think, I, I, and I don't know if he saw it or not. So there's a chance he didn't see it, but here's how this ties into current day Hardwick. Cause like, as far as that's concerned, I, I like, I was, I'm over the fact that that happened. And, and it was more of a playful joke that I, I, I made about Chris Hardwick. Um, <laughs> Uh, having the cease and desist like we I don't know if you watch any late night TV um, I, I sometimes do and, and one of my favorite bits that Jimmy Kimmel does is a bit about Matt Damon being on the show and then always running out of time and on one of my podcasts uh, just to and it was right around the, it was maybe a year or two after this happened I was like oh man let's just have some fun like let's just make fun of this fact that, that, that I got a cease and desist and we would joke that we were going to have Chris Hardwick on, on uh, it was a show called That's Entertainment at the time Oh yeah, Chris Hardwick's going to be a guest, and then we just make the joke about how we ran out of time, it's completely stolen from Jimmy Kimmel. Um, so I feel like I got over it basically, um, but there was something that in the back of my mind always didn't sit right with that, um, and it, maybe it was just AMC's fault. Who knows? But there's something that was in Chloe Dykstra's essay about how he didn't like competition, and he didn't. He got very jealous of other creative people or something along those lines. So it rang through to your, your experience. Yes. And, and I, despite what, what current day events of with, with AMC doing the investigation, I still kind of tend to, to, to today on, on we're recording on July uh, 28th. um, I still kind of side with the, the potential victim here. And, 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 I, I'm not saying that she's 100% accurate, but I'm not saying she's 100% wrong. And I think that it's way too convenient that his text messages leaked out after all this happened and it paints her to be crazy and him to be basically an angel. 
I think the truth, much like in anything like this, lays um, lies somewhere in the middle. Um, I maybe she embellished uh, some of this stuff. I don't think he's perfectly innocent, like he kind of painted himself out to be. Um, and I something, and this could be this. There's uh, zero research in this. Uh, I'll put this out here. Uh, I can't back this up by anything. But I read somewhere in a tweet, not in an official source, that the company that AMC used happens to be very friendly with the Hearst family, which Chris Hardwick is married into. So if that is true, I'm going to say my words very clearly here because there are people that listen to the show who do not like me anymore. And, and we are we had a falling out and they <laughs> use opportunities to to to. You paint a bad picture about me and, and this podcast. If that is true, and that's a big if because I don't have anything besides a tweet that tells me that, if the company AMC used is f- uh, family friends with the Hearst family, it's I don't buy that that he's necessarily officially clear on all charges. Um, that being said, uh, I don't have to watch a show, and I'm not going to watch a show. I'm not going to support Chris Hardwick because... Um, because there are things in her essay that I know from personal experience are, are probably true. They might not be make him be a monster, but they, they make him, in my opinion, not be, uh, fan friendly, I guess. And, you know, we were talking just a few minutes ago about, you know, everybody has a right to their own opinion. You know, we, we kind of seen, uh, uh, Chloe's side, we kind of saw Chris's side, but there's a third side that we don't know about. And that's, that's pretty much is the truth, the third side. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those things that Chloe said may be true. You know, I, I'm not saying that she's wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, she was out to get Chris or anything. I guess what I'm getting at is, is just, it was somebody came out with an accusation and then immediately that next day or hell, it might've even been the same day. He was instantly fired from everything. Well, and so I'll actually counter that uh, and play devil's advocate is that he actually technically wasn't fired. He was suspended, I think, because they did. Now, NBC never said that. I don't think they said much of anything. I think they said they're investigating. They didn't even say they were pulling the wall. Um, I, I, I don't know if they had said Chris Hardwick is fired. I may have even said that was a step too far until proper investigation was done. Uh, and coming from the guy who, who does not like Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the way that it was handled, handled, um, I think AMC kind of did it right. They didn't fire him. They replaced him on the panels and the way it was worded was like, he kind of agreed with it. I'm sure he was forced into it, but I, I think that they worded it in a way at least where it made it sound like, okay, Chris has decided to, to step aside from the panels at San Diego so that the attention isn't on him and, and the attention is where it should be. And I think that was the right move. Um, and I think it was the right move to, to put his talking with Chris Hardwick on hold because I, here's the problem with it. It was unfortunate timing. If for AMC, because they had this, what are they going to do? AMC was either going to be the bad guys who put on a show 
of a, a guy who was a, who was painted just painted as to be a monster, a, a sex criminal, basically, or they were going to be the bad guys who fired Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. And I think by technically suspending him, in my opinion, and and maybe you know my opinion is not right, but in my opinion, I think they did the right thing. Well, since you put it that way, okay, I, I can I can see that, but you know. We started this whole Chris Car- uh, Hardwick's thing just to kind of get back to James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just went on a really long tangent about Hardwick, which is something I thought I would never do on this show because uh, despite me, you know, despite him <sighs> maybe being innocent, uh, my personal opinion is fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, the reason why I brought up Hardwick was because it's just instantly something comes out and the studios and everything just jump on the situation, mm-hmm. get rid of them. And I feel they did the same thing with Gunn. You know, this whatever host it was of whatever show that was found these tweets from 10 years ago and started throwing them up on his Twitter, Instagram feeds or whatever. And Disney was like, Nope, those aren't our values. We're gone. Now let's not forget that Disney is the company that was built on not politically correct cartoons and stuff back in the day. So let's not forget that Walt Disney. Yeah, uh, and like I said, that's why it took me a while to to find out where I wanted to fall on the James Gunn thing because again, I was the guy who went off about Chris Hardwick, who who, and I I think I probably at the time said like, oh, he was fired from all this stuff, but but if you really kind of like go back and think about what happened, he he technically wasn't. I don't think he was fired, especially since they brought him back, like they reinstated him. Um, where I don't think Disney's going to back down from this. Like I I don't think they're going to say, oh, you know what. We jumped the gun. Um, like, like I, I think if AMC fired Kid Chris, I think they would be in a position where they couldn't bring him back because they used the terminology fired. So I think, again, I think AMC, whether it's right or wrong, I think they played that card right versus Disney not playing the card right versus um, – you're right. Like they, 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 we live, I, I am very supportive of the me too movement and I am very supportive of, um, believing the victim, but it is a very dangerous game that we're in, uh, where people are being painted guilty before innocent and it is ruining their careers or, you know, not even their careers, just their name, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a supporter of it too. I, I know this sounds like I am not. Um, I just, the Chris Hardwick thing just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of, I just, I felt that it was just handled really poorly, really quickly. Um, I, I didn't feel like there was any time in between anything to do anything and they just got rid of them. So that yeah. that's why that's kind of stuck sticks in my head. I am all for the victim. I am for the victim speaking up because I know, there hasn't been a time where the victim was ever heard. Um, But you know, it's, it is a dangerous game uh, right now where anybody can say anything and somebody is just ruined because you know, that public opinion can destroy you. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's uh, what, what I take from it as a, uh, as a cisgender male, Uh, straight white male is that as long as I'm good, as long as I'm being good um, and 
and obviously maybe maybe not maybe I, I maybe there is something to worry about because james gunn didn't even do anything like as far as like he like okay so so there was a potential that chris hardwick did something and and i leave it open to that there's a potential that he still did something we don't know what that something is uh because as you said there's that third there's that third variable called the truth that no one will really know because it's it's no one ever the only two people that know the truth are are chloe dextra and chris hardwick and and hopefully it's it's leaning more towards what Chris Hardwick is saying um, only for, and not necessarily for the sake of Chris Hardwick, but for the, the sake of this girl um, it, it's, it would be sad that, that she made it up uh, and maybe she needs to, to get help. But the things that she said are, are awful things that happened to her if, if that's what happened. So hopefully, you know, just for the sake of like, I don't want these bad things to happen to her. Like hopefully that didn't actually happen. I don't know why she would have made it up, but hopefully that didn't happen. But regardless, like, if James Gunn, can, if, if James Gunn could be attacked for something that he said that he like just so, and this is another great point that Mark brought up in his article uh, was that, you know, James Gunn was an asshole. Um, he, he made uh, these, these ridiculous pedophile and, and rape jokes, but he's not those things. Roseanne Barr was a racist. She made racist jokes. They, she is a racist. Like she, like when, when someone's currently doing something, it makes that, that makes them that thing. She, mm-hmm. she, you know, made a racist comment that makes you racist. And, and I, I, maybe she can plead ignorance to, to not knowing that that was going to be a racist comment because God knows what I said 10, 15 years ago could be, could be constructed in, in that light. But again, I think that in the 15 years that Roseanne has been this controversial, comedian i don't think she's shown growth like i personally feel like i've shown growth in the 10 15 years that i've been a quote-unquote humorist and james gunn i think has shown growth um based off of what we see him tweet about and and in in the course of 10 years and based off what people and peers say about him you know like i i uh, here's a and and kind of moving away from chris hardwick and going to the to roseanne versus um, James Gunn, because ultimately that's kind of what I feel this was about. Like it was, it was this conservative guy saying, ha ha, now we got one of yours. Um, when it comes to Roseanne, I feel like it's a lot of political figures that are coming to her defense versus like collaborators and peers where with James Gunn, it's a lot of collaborators and peers that came to his defense. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I don't know what to say about Roseanne. <laughs> it's another one that like, I, I, I could understand someone standing up for her and saying that she shouldn't have been fired. I can understand that. Um, but it is my belief that she hasn't shown growth. And I think that there, I think if I sat down and really wanted to prove that I could probably go through her public tweets and, and, and video recordings of interviews, maybe not interviews, but like, you know, maybe more personal videos and stuff. I could probably find material that shows that she hasn't grown as a comedian. And, and and this kind of goes back to what we said earlier about like how 10 years ago, something was, was accepted and it doesn't make it right, but it was accepted. And what's that reflect on our, like George Carlin wouldn't survive as a comedian in 2018, but he's looked at, 
right? But he's looked at in 2018 as like the father of comedy. Like, right? Like, I, I'm not a comedian, and and I don't follow comedy hardcore. I I appreciate the art, but I it's, it's to my understanding that in 2018, comedians today say, "Yeah, George Carlin inspired me," but they wouldn't make a George Carlin joke in 2018. <laughs> it's kind of like Mel Brooks. You won't find a movie that was made like Mel Brooks's films back in the day nowadays. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's hard, like where, and it's, I don't think I'm the right person. I don't think you're the right. I think we're the wrong people to be trying to figure this out. Cause like we are the least oppressed people in the world, you know, like we, we I had to deal with getting beat up in high school because I liked star Wars, you know, like I, I didn't have to deal with anything that is nearly as bad as what, you know, people of color and, and women and, and uh, people who aren't straight, I didn't have to deal with any of that as a kid. And I can't imagine what they had to go through and still go through. Um, and I, and, and I, and I think for us to comment and, and I won't speak for you to, for me to comment on what's acceptable as comedy is not my place because like, again, I'm, I'm a cisgender white straight dude, like whatever the proper terminology is these days. Um, so like who, I, I don't know. I don't know what's like, I, I don't know what's, I just try to make sure my humor doesn't hurt people. And I'm hoping I'm doing a good job. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I know I'm a white dude. <laughs> um, I, I, I know. Uh, and I understand that. And, you know, that's one of my rules I have on our site is we don't talk politics. We don't talk yeah. religion. We don't talk anything sexual. And I feel, you know, Temple of Geek has become an all-inclusive website. We, we accept geeks of all kinds. And um, I feel if we keep those three subjects out of our, our podcast, out of our writings, you know, it makes for a better world <laughs> because then there's no arguments. There's no disagreements. There's no, you know, all we have is just, just the geekdom to talk about. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with like those, those things are super controversial and it's hard to have. And, and I, and I, I don't, this is actually probably one of the episodes that's been, and, and I won't say we talked about any of those subjects, but we, we loosely floated around those areas in, in our conversation. Um, I think the big issue, and I bring this up a lot when I see people um, like saying, and, and I, without getting into major political talk, like I definitely identify as a liberal and I and, and I'm sure a conservative would say the opposite of what I'm about to say, but I tend to see conservatives say like, oh, that's a typical liberal or, oh, this is you wouldn't see a conservative do this. And I my point whenever I see that stuff is is if it finally like I have a I ha, there's a family friend on Facebook that posts all that stuff all the time and is a super Trump supporter. And, and that's whatever. Like, that's your per, like, I don't care that people support Trump. I, I don't agree, but that's. We just have a different opinion of, of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to attack it from that angle. And I think this comes from the whole being trying to be positive thing. But I also, those three things that you avoid talking about, you know, in, in Temple of Geeks is what I try to just avoid talking about in life because it's so scary to even want to talk about that in life because people can't have conversations. And and a family friend, I just finally got sick and tired of of being a, feeling like I was being attacked because I, because of how... I feel. 
uh, politically. And so I just made a simple comment and, and it didn't get nasty or anything. So, so I was happy that that it was a positive exchange, but also every now and then when I, I hit a tipping point in, in what I'm seeing politically on social media, I, I do interact because I just, I'm an idiot. Basically. I'm just, I'm a big old dummy. And I, I open that door, but like, it comes down to this very simple nature of both conservatives and liberals don't want to talk with one another. They just want to point fingers and say that they're better than the other. If people just sit down and have a civil conversation, then you you still might not agree with each other, but at least you'll have a better understanding of why they believe what they believe. And you can maybe respect. Oh no, I agree with that 100%. I mean, you will never hear me engage in any type of political talk, especially on my social media. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I try like, and I'm usually pretty successful because uh, as someone who's liberal, like I tend to see Facebook, like for some reason is filled with a lot of conservative people. And I know I can control that feed, but like a lot of family friends and, and family, like not necessarily immediate family, but there's people that are, are like way conservative and they have their reasons. And I respect that reason. And I, I just, I don't agree. And I try not to comment because people on my Facebook feed tend to be people like I actually know in real life. Like there might be some people I don't know, but like a good majority of them, especially the ones I'm talking about, like I know, and I see on a regular basis. So like, I just don't want to talk about it because it's because somehow, and it could, and I'll take fault and it, like, it's hard for me to, as, as someone who's also kind of ignorant to politics, like I, I don't pay attention as much as I should. Um, uh, that, that's cause I'd rather watch the flash uh, <laughs> is, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to get frustrated. And I know when I get frustrated, I'm going to start like, Oh, I don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. And, and that's me. That's my problem. So I, that's why I try not to do it in, in Facebook or in real life, you know, unless I know that we can have a civil conversation about it. And, I tell and, you and, what, I, I, I followed politics like crazy. I mean, I, I used to follow it especially during the election. I mean, I was listening to all sorts of radio programs, reading all sorts of news articles because I wanted to make sure I was voting for the right candidate. So I was researching everybody, reading, listening, going on Twitter. I mean, I was, I was doing it all. And I found that when you involve yourself that much into politics, you start to go crazy mm-hmm. and you tend to get depressed. Yeah. I can t- yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, I need to stop this. I got to put this behind me. <laughs> so occasionally I'll read something and I'll just make a comment to my wife. <laughs> wife, I don't like said subject. And then she'll be like, oh, shut up. Stop watching the news. And then, <laughs> you know, that's it. And then I go back to doing my geek thing. I just, I, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's, and, and I think especially in, in the, the era we're in right now, um, the last, for me, at least from my perspective, the last handful of years, uh, has been super tough on people, um, I, and that's not not just tough on liberals. It's it's been tough on on all sides of it uh, for for whatever you know one reason or another. And it's it's uh, it's a, it's just very tough waters to navigate. And 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 I don't, I don't think there's an easy answer. And uh, we're 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 gonna leave that that the most basic of political talk that we just had on everything is awesome uh, and, and go back to temple of geeks and go back to, to what makes us all happy and smile. Um, and uh, so, so going to temple of geeks and, and we've covered the podcast did, did the podcast and like the, the written word of temple of geek 
coincide with each other or did did the the website and the blog posts and the reviews and stuff come after that that all came afterwards um podcast was first i ended up having to move it off of whatever i think it was podomatic that i was using at the time i can't even remember but um they you had such limited space for the amount of money you were paying and i was like man i'm not gonna pay this each month so i was like i'm i could get a website for what i'm paying here so I ended up going and getting a website. And at first the website was just strictly for the podcast. But then I was like, well, what if we write an article about something? So we started doing movie reviews or I think it was, no, I'm sorry. Paul started doing his casting calls. Remember back in the day when wizard magazine would have casting oh call. God. Yeah. So Paul would have his own version of that called Paul's casting calls or whatever it was called back in the day. And he would write up this whole spiel of different movies that he would like to see and who he would cast for those parts then um, I started writing uh, just kind of little funny articles about like my top 10 inconsistencies in the Star Wars universe and or what really grinds my gears, I think is what I called the article um, and things like that. And that's what we started putting on the site. Um, and from there, we ended up starting to have people reach out to us and was like, hey, we really like your site. You know, it's a nice fan site and stuff. We would like to see if we could write for you. And that's how I started acquiring some of my staff. I call them staff very loosely. None of them gets paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I none of us I, I... None of us get paid. I want to make sure I'm very clear on that. Um, everything's volunteer work, 100% volunteer work. Um, you know, we do, we do go to cons and stuff on press credentials and things like that. But, but for the most part, everybody's doing it out of the kindness of their heart. <laughs> yeah. That's how <clears> – <throat> I think every blog ha- like Ron, like I-, I have been fortunate enough to, to, like I got to, I got, I mean, being a guy who ran a podcast uh, for the last 11 years, which meant I also was had a website for the last 11 years. I, I wasn't real um, focused on the, the writing aspects of things. And um, I think part of that is just because I, I put too much on my plate uh, and I continue to put too much on my plate, but I started writing for this website called dark Knight news, uh, which would, it was a dedicated Batman website reviewing Batman related comics, even if it was very loosely related to Batman um, and uh, Batman news and stuff. And and that was like such a learning experience and got me back into like the idea of wanting to write for, for our website. And that's why that's entertainment. Um, the, this basically the, the site that this, this, that awesome podcast is essentially like if you go to awesome podcast, it just redirects you to the, the section of everything is awesome on that's entertainment. Um, so I started writing reviews there and we, and, and yeah, I mean, I call them staff as well. And it, it feels dirty to call them staff. Cause I'm like, Ew, I don't pay these people. Like they're doing this all for free. Yeah. I mean, and I feel bad too. Cause some of them put in some really hard work and I just, I wish I could just throw them a bone sometimes, but you know, we don't have any ad revenue. We don't have anything like that. We're, we're hopefully we'll be getting there soon, but right now we're just, we're just plugging along, trying to be as successful as we can. Well, and I think like that one of the great ways to kind of look at um, anything, and this is like the 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 everything is awesome era, Kev, uh, is to look at it as like, hey man, I'm just doing it and having fun with it, and if we can, and like in so for me, like in order to to try to make something of it, you have to have volunteers involved to to help you because you can't do it on your own. You you simply can't. You like for a podcast network, you can't have 
Yubi on every single show. Like this, it, I tried that. I tried that ten years, like seven years ago, and it, I wanted to kill myself uh, because it's so much stress, and you're recording so much, and you don't have a life and whatnot. Uh, and and the same thing goes with with writing on a website. Like I tried doing that, writing every single article five days a week, and I was like, oh my god, I just want to, I don't want to do it. So you need the volunteers to to help provide that content, and and hopefully they stick with you, and hopefully. Um, you start making money somewhere because of that. And hopefully the people that stick with you, you can like end up giving like big rewards for, for sticking with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's always the dream. Um, but you know, you have some of those people that just work for you and you see how much work and you know, I'm having fun. I know I'm having a blast, but is everybody that's working for me having a blast? That's, yeah. the, that's the thing that I'm always concerned with. And I want to make sure that they're happy. Um, so, you know, it's always a hard mixture and it's always, you know, you just wish that you could do more. Yeah. And it, and it's like the hardest thing I, I have, because like our, our focus right now for writing is basically reviews. We haven't really done news coverage yet. It's something that I want to work towards. But like my my problem is, is like, all right, guys, like uh, we have these books to review this week. Don't post them any earlier than Wednesday because, you know, they don't actually release before then. Uh, and try to get your review up by Friday night. Uh, also, uh, I'm like six weeks behind on my reviews, but you know, you go ahead and listen to me cause I know how to successfully run this business. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's such a weird spot that I find myself in. And like, I was, it was, I have me and two other guys that are writing reviews on the website and we just brought a, another guy on today. Um, and I was like, and I wanted to wait to bring people on because I was like, well, I'm like six weeks behind. Like I can't like have a team of people that are going to write reviews and I say, get it up by Friday, by the way, I'm not going to follow that rule at all. <laughs> like I, it's a, it's a weird situation to, to be in as I'm trying to like make everything grow. I, I think I'm fortunate enough to actually have a lot of people that surround me. That's a lot smarter than me. That's helping me run this and create this and make this grow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yes, it was my brainchild, but it's because of the staff that I have that it's becoming what it is right now. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of goes back to what I said, you know, a couple minutes ago, like that, that the, you need those volunteers to, to, to help you because when you're quote unquote in charge or, or you're, you're the owner or whatever, that probably means you have a lot on your plate because, and, and, and not even necessarily from a standpoint, it's just because you're, you're trying to create all the things. Like I'm sitting here, uh, trying to create my own podcast and run a podcast network. And then like, it's like, Oh my God, I have like all these ideas for a podcast that I want to do. And like, somehow I'm involved in developing seven more podcasts that I'm somehow involved with, whether it's just writing or producing, uh, or, or even co-hosting on. So, uh, and then it's like, Oh, you know what? I want to write comic book reviews and I want to write news and I want to do this and I want to do all the things I need people to help me. You know, it's so funny. I just had that conversation with my second in command last night. We were, we were, uh, chatting and I was like, dude, I have this idea for a podcast. Check this out. And we talked about it and we were like, she goes, okay, so when are we going to start doing this? I was like, uh, I don't know when we're going to start doing it yet. She was like, well, we need to practice. So we're probably going to do a, a test run on Sunday to see if maybe this will make sense if we can try this. Um, but we're, we're looking at trying to do something new um, to maybe engage more of our audience. So it, it was just a little quick idea I had and, She's, she was just like, okay, I'm all for it, but we got to practice. So it's, it's just funny that you're like, oh, I got a new podcast to do. I got a new podcast to do. It's like, I just had that conversation last night. 
Well, uh, so, and I have in, in uh, 2018, uh, uh, while I'm, as I'm moving, well, as by the time this episode of Everything is Awesome airs, we are officially back on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network, but uh, I, I, I don't want to get trapped in, in the area that I was in years ago when I tried running a network, and that was me being the host of so many different shows. A, it's just like, where do I find the time to talk so much? Uh, B, like, I don't want... In, in 2018 especially i don't want it to be the same voice and i don't mean necessarily kev's voice i mean i don't want it to be a bunch of white dudes sitting around talking um and I, i've come to the realization that like if i in order to get people on my network like i need to go and approach them and talk to them and it just so happens that i know a lot of, a lot of white dudes uh that podcast um i'm lucky in the sense that like i say this as i think as of august 1st like it's a pretty equal mix of male and female uh driven hosting shows so so i'm happy that we're there but like i want as you said you have a staff that's inclusive and and like the the main purpose of of the that's entertainment podcast network is i want it to be an inclusive place that regardless of you know uh gender and race and sexual orientation like i want it to be a, a place of unique voices and, and and a welcoming place that welcomes that as a listener and welcomes that as uh, a host and hopefully you know give an opportunity to someone i, I think I, sh- I went on this spiel on your show but give give an opportunity to someone uh who who doesn't normally get their voice heard like put them on the network and say listen talk about as long as it's not as long as you're not a nazi you can talk about whatever you want <laughs> Or terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the present. <laughs> I guess that's the, the 2018 version of Nazism is, is terrorism. As long as you're not uh, spouting hate. Yeah, exactly. Like that's and like, like I actually, um, uh, I think I mentioned him on your show, Jeff Stormer, who hosts the Party of One podcast, friend of the show. He's been a guest. I've been a guest on his show. We're actually working together on it, on a, on a project soon. Um, uh, you know, uh, he sent me, as we're working together on this project, he sent me something that he's like, hey, uh, this is what I include in like this form that I use to to get a guest on the show. And it was basically like a, a specialized version for his podcast uh, of what I just said about inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, oh, my God, dude, like this is everything I've wanted to say, but didn't know how to word it because like I'm an idiot. Um, and and that's like I, I asked him, I was like, can I lift this and like just like say it in my own way? And he's like, totally, dude. And. And that's like the that's like kind of my big thing in 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 running this network is like I hate the idea of saying, okay, I have six shows that I want to do. Well, I'm not going to do all six shows until I know that there's a good balance. So like, there's like this, I, I and I have them listed on, on the network page of like coming soon these shows and and hopefully I get to do them one day, but I do refuse to do a show with me hosting it about psych until I have more people on my network that represent what our country and what the world is. No, that's awesome that you're, you know, that that's the way you feel. I mean, um, when we started temple of geek, I mean, I wanted to make sure that everybody was represented. Um, I don't know if you ever actually browsed any of our photos and stuff, but you will see that we have, when we take pictures of cosplayers and stuff, it's not just the, you know, the amazing looking women or men out there. It's, it's the everyday person that we take photos of Mm -hmm. too. Um, Because they deserve to have 
their costumes shown off. They deserve to have their moment in the limelight. So we, we want to make sure we include everybody when we do, when we do these things. And I just feel that's very important, especially when, you know, you talk about geekdom, you talk about when we were kids, we used to get beat up for this crap. We couldn't share this stuff. So I, I want to make sure that if we're sharing it, that we're sharing it with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, it is a weird thing to like talk about, as we mentioned earlier, like it's weird for as a, as a, as a white dude to be like, Hey, let me tell you why I'm oppressed. And, and because like as a geek, yeah, I, I think we can speak to that, but, but that is no longer the case. Like it's, it's hard for today's geeks to understand like, wait, you got made fun of for this. Like why it's like Marvel's cool now. And, and, and so it's, 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 I think more important than ever that, that, um, the nerdum, the geekdom, uh, uh, and the geeks of the world, like remember that at one point it wasn't that cool to, to like what we like and like make sure, cause I think that, you know, going back to our conversation on, on temple of geek, the, the toxicity, toxicity in, in fandom, you know, um, some of that I think does purely stem from the fact that like, uh, aside from everything we talked about in your show, like I think some of it stems from the fact that like these some of these cats don't remember that like their dads, their parents that loved this stuff, they weren't allowed to openly say they loved this stuff and they got beat up for loving this stuff. So like there's a sense of I think like pride that like this belongs to me because geeks rule the world. No, like it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to everybody. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. Um so, uh, God, I don't know. We went on a couple different tangents. I don't know. Is there, uh, is there anything that, that you got, that you got your hands in that we haven't talked about? Uh, well, I mean, if you go to our site, you, you should pretty much see everything we do. We cover conventions, we cover cosplay, we cover, you know, reviews. Um, the reviews are usually like the bigger pictures that are coming out. We don't try to cover every single picture. Um, uh, Monica has been doing a fantastic job with fashion. I never thought in a million years I would be involved with fashion. And <laughs> yeah. um, it's one of our biggest things on our website. And Monica's doing a phenomenal job. She goes out and she gets these models. She gets clothes from vendors. She has the models fashion to clothes. She does the photography. She goes back and writes the review and posts these things. And it just come out amazing. Um, it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is super. Like, and I, I do. It's uh, like looking at what what gets shared to social media from Temple of Geek, and and just perusing the site around. Whenever you know, I, I like it's it's become Temple of Geeks become one of the tabs I just leave open and like check like check every day. Um, uh, there's a handful of, of sites that I do that for, and and uh, it's it's kind of funny like seeing how that's trans how that's transitioned to different sites, and I I would say probably more independent sites um over the years um but yeah it, it is i i love uh that that the photo cosplay stuff that you guys do because it's it is stuff that you don't see every day um i, I know there's other sites that that post daily i don't know if daily but they post frequently cosplaying stuff but um i feel like it is the more mainstream versus what um uh, what you guys have uh, and that's not like a bad thing like it's i'm I'm indie for life. So I love that. It's the everyday <laughs> cosplayer. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just feel that the everyday cosplayer deserves to be shown off too. I mean, yeah, their costumes are just as amazing as some of the other people's that are showcased on online. So let's give yeah. them a, let's give them just a moment in the spotlight 
make them feel good to see their picture on a website or see it on a social media feed somewhere. Um, I just, I just think that's just something that people deserve to have that moment every once in a while. Yeah. And it is like, I couldn't, I couldn't ever imagine uh, the, the, that's entertainment, which is kind of like the face of everything we do. Uh, It would be, it, it would be, I, I would be in your shoes of feeling we're doing fashion. Like, like that's the one category I don't have listed anywhere in, in, in the front or the back of the site, because like I, I right now, like the staff is uh, as far as writers, it's all just dudes. Like we don't know. We have, at least I assume we don't know fashion. I, maybe, maybe the other guys do. Maybe I'm speaking out of a, out of turn here, but uh, our, our, our female podcasters may, may have a, a thing or two to say about fashion. I don't know, but um uh, it's maybe we'll do it one day. I don't know. I'm. I. I it's. It's. Uh, we have to bulk up that staff to to have a, a healthy size staff. How many people do you have writing for for Temple of Geeks? Uh, as of today, I just counted that before we got on this. There was eighteen people. Oh wow! Um, That's a healthy staff. They don't all write. Um, a lot, you know, several of them do podcasts. Several of them are photographers. Uh. I would say probably the writers, there's probably about maybe eight of them and the rest. That's still, that's yeah, that's still healthy. So, um, but the rest of us, you know, they still do podcasts, they do photography, um, other things like that. So it's, it's a good mixture of, of people, um, a, a good mixture of staff. Yeah. Uh, you guys are doing some great work over at temple of geeks and, and, uh, I, I, I think I told you the other day I was going to try. Normally, I, I don't uh, pre-listen to, to podcasts because I like to have the the surprising uh, conversation and an interesting conversation. But because I was going to be a guest, I was like, oh well, I should totally figure out what the show is about. And then like I, the, my day job has budget things, so I completely like did not listen. Uh, but don't take that any offense to that because uh, th- that's normally how I do my shows. Uh, and I, I think that's why I was getting to in the beginning. I think like we, the first thing I talked about was how my fiance doesn't listen to the show and she called me out for how I do my interviews. And that was, I, f- I was having another guy. I was having the other, everything is awesome guys on. And she's like, well, have you listened to the show? I was like, no, I don't listen to that. I, I listen after I have them as a guest. She's like, that's rude. I'm like, eh, you say it's rude. I think they understand. She's like, no, I think they think you're an asshole is what they think. <laughs> no, I don't think that at all. I mean, you know, people are welcome to listen to our show if they want. If they don't want to listen to the show, you know, more power to them. I do it because it's fun. Um, I enjoy doing it. So, I mean, mm. if I have no subscribers or if I have a million subscribers, I'm still going to do it. That's uh, what a great mind. That's the mindset uh, that, that when I used to do podcasts under the name Steel Tip, that I was all about that listener. I was all about that number. I'd never look at my numbers now, um, but I am the guy that like when it, when I have you on my show, like and to me, um, we, we obviously. So here's where I'll compare the, the my show and your show as far as interview style, um, and that's like. I, I have done what you've done in the past where I have a list of questions and, and I, and I, and I don't necessarily send them to the people, but I, I know what I'm going to ask. And, um, I'm terrible at that style of interviewing. I, I, I say this, I, I do an interview show that I'm, I'm not, I'm the worst interview in the world. Uh, what I am good at is I'm real good at conversation. And when that conversation is not planned, when I don't have a bullet point list in front of me, um, to ask, cause here's what I'll do. If I had, so I'm going to, let me, I'm going to open up. Uh, the the document you sent, we're going to go inside baseball here uh, and I'm going to open up the document that you sent me earlier okay 
and uh, we'll just we'll I'll pick a handful of questions that uh, that if I was interviewing you uh, the way you interviewed me, which was fantastic, you did a great job at it. You can handle being an actual journalist, whereas I can only be a man child. Um, this is how I interview. So, uh, Daniel, can you tell our audience a, a bit about yourself? Man, that was an awesome way of producing that question. I like that you changed your <laughs> inflection in your voice and everything. I told you I'm a good conversationalist. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a shit interviewer, but I'm a good conversationalist. Well, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm 39 years old. I started Temple of Geek back in 2012 with my friend, Paul, uh, started off as a podcast and, uh, we've been growing ever since. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's great. Can uh, you tell me what your favorite guest has been? Uh, and you don't, don't answer that question. I literally didn't listen to anything you just said. And I just asked the next question that was on, on, on a list that I had prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's my point of saying I'm a bad interviewer is that I, if I have a list in front of me, I'll ignore everything you say and I won't have that back and forth. Whereas on Temple of Geeks, everyone has either hopefully listened to it or, or go listen to my, my guest spot on Temple of Geeks and you'll hear like, you'll hear two of those questions. The two questions I just asked, you'll hear on that show and you'll hear it in a, in a very natural way versus uh, me being a garbage interview. But the last hour and 15 minutes where we just went on a casual conversation. And I would venture to say that maybe some of the, like some of the questions that you had asked me were answered that you answered for yourself on this show, uh, either through, um, me asking you, I think I asked you two questions. <laughs> I, I legit asked you two questions uh, that I remember asking you and everything else was pure conversation. And to me, that makes me a good podcaster. Um, and, and that's why I don't prepare. And that's why I, I try not to listen to, to anything about my guests ahead of time, if, if possible, because otherwise I'm going to turn into a garbage person and just ask you, uh, here's a question. Uh, ignore what you say. Here's question two. Um, I, I'm just, and and then once I get to know you and, and I, and, and, and I, a lot of times I describe this show as like, Hey man, this is, this show is a lot like, like we meet at a bar, we're having a couple of drinks and having our very first conversation. And I found out you do a podcast and that you write a bunch of articles and we just have that natural conversation in a bar. That's what this show is. This is a, this is a, a podcast at a bar basically without the fun drinks. Yeah. I, my problem is, um, and as you can tell, I, I don't talk a lot. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I for the last two hours that we've been talking on both shows is ninety five percent Kev. My, my my problem is is this style of podcasting. You know, I can do with people that I'm very comfortable with, um, but like complete strangers, like you and me. This is the first time we're talking to each other. You know, for the last two and a half hours. Uh, but this is the first time that you you and I have actually physically met via voice chat. So it's. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm still trying to fill you out and all this stuff. Maybe after a couple more conversations, you know, I could sit here and just have a whole freaking four hour conversation with you about arrow or something, you know, which, which we did earlier. I mean, we had, I felt something in common with you and I was able to go kind of go off a little bit further into detail with it. So, but I, and I think that just shows like the different strengths and and weaknesses of, of this whole podcasting game. And I think that's like, I, I think we're on, uh, on two different spectrums of, 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 of that interview style of, um, I just, like I said, I can't, I respect people that do the prep because it, that's my weak point and maybe I can work on it, but I don't know. I feel like I'm real strong at this and I should keep going with this. Yeah. I don't feel that I'm strong at that either. I mean, I do listen. I do listen to the questions. I do listen to the answers, and I do try to come up with other questions while I'm talking to 
keep the conversation mm-hmm. rolling. But I know I have a lot, a lot to learn still a long ways to grow. Well, and I, and I think, um, every podcaster should always feel like they have something, uh, new to learn or something. They, they should always be evolving. Otherwise, like, what's the point? Like if you don't feel, if you feel like, you know, everything and I feel like I know a lot and I feel like I'm good at what I do, but I know I can be better. And I feel like you should no matter. And this doesn't really relate to just podcasting. It literally relates to anything. I don't even want to say anything creative. I think anything is, and, and I can leave it at that. Like if you should always feel like you can do better, otherwise you're not going to excel. I think. That, that's a true statement. I would believe. I mean, I, I can agree with that because um, you're not setting forth any goals to make yourself better. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, so I, you know, what, uh, Dan, we uh, do, you, you know what uh, we went an hour and 15 minutes and I, I wasn't even courteous enough to say, do you go by Dan or Daniel? I just assumed Daniel. Cause that's what you Daniel is what I go by. All right, cool. Is, is it weird when people like, are, do you get offended when you get called Dan? No, not at all. I mean, okay. one of my friends call me Danny. My, my parents call me Danny. Um, I have people at work that call me Dan. It's just, I go by Daniel though, but I, it doesn't offend me. It's, it's funny. Cause uh, you asked me that question. I was like, yeah, whatever. Cause I don't, I, I honestly don't care. Uh, 10, eh, 10, 15 years ago. It was like, oh, dude, I'm Kev. I don't go by anything but Kev. And uh, that was just me being like a, a douche 20 year old. But I, uh, but even in my, like now I, I generally, whenever I talk about myself, I say Kev. And most of like my close friends call me Kev because like they've known me for almost thirty years at this point. Uh, but generally, like you, I mean, as you can see on Twitter, it says Kevin Gallagher. I, every like the, I think that I've changed the iTunes feed to say Kevin Gallagher, and like everything is any everything that you see on the internet is generally Kevin Gallagher or Kevin M Gallagher Jr. Um, yeah, you made it look really official when you threw the M and the Junior part in there. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I make it look cuz you know what? Now, I dare you to Google Kevin M Gallagher Jr. and I think I'm almost positive every result on the first page of Google is me now when you Google Kevin M Gallagher Jr. Uh, I'm going to go back and make sure everything is Daniel R Slade the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? We didn't even I wanted to I wanted to comment on that. You have such the, you have the most badass last name of Slade. Uh, because as soon as I saw that, I was like, holy shit, he's Deathstroke. Yeah, I was laughing. I was just in Mississippi last week uh, for a job that I'm currently working at. Uh, and I was doing some training down there. And I, I stopped at the local GameStop because I was looking for some action figures. I'm a big action figure collector. And yeah. when I was in there, you know, he ran my debit card. And he was like, Daniel Slade, here you go. And his wife, I guess, or a girlfriend or whatever was in the store. She was like, Slade? Like like that Deathstroke <laughs> character? I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my last name. She's like, that's your real last name? I'm like, yeah, that's my real last name. She's like, that is so awesome. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> so. And I, I I think what I'm taking away from this story is how awesome is it in 2018 that someone goes, like, Slade Wilson? Like, that the fact that Slade Wilson slash Deathstroke is mainstream, that someone's girlfriend or fiance or wife or whatever was able to pick up on it, that is is a geek world that I want to live. It is pretty impressive. I mean, that and the name Thanos. Really? Yeah. 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 I, what I get is like, like the watermelon guy. I'm like, yes, for Christ's sake, the watermelon guy, I've got that for 33 years. Can we forget that that Gallagher exists? (laughs) I just caught what you were saying. The guy who smashes watermelon for his comedy bits. 
Yeah. Like, uh, like he's, I don't even think, like, is he alive? I think he is alive. Like, that's my question. Like, I don't even think he's alive. I, so every now and then I also get the, uh, I don't, is it HBO Showtime? I get that Shameless show. They're like, oh, like the Gallagher family and Shameless. I'm like, oh, now there's something else I have to contend with. Please. No, I like the, how about this? I like me. Gallagher, like me, the original Kevin Michael Gallagher Jr., the most common name in the world. Well, Irish world. <laughs> yeah, Slade, Slade is my family surname. <laughs> um, that is, yeah, that's badass. That is, and I, and it's even more badass because, like, it is, like, uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe I, this is the way you I feel. Maybe you feel the way I feel about Gallagher, the watermelon smasher. But, like, I think it's awesome that, like, people will be like, Deathstroke, that's badass, man. Yeah, it's just the first name that doesn't go with it. Because, you know, my first name is, yeah. I go by Daniel. It's, it's spelled with two N's. It's actually pronounced Daniel. So. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, because I did notice that it's not spelled like any other Daniel I know. So, so. So there's actually like, a real pronunciation of my name as Daniel. That's how you really say my name. But I never go by that because people are like, Danielle or something <laughs> else. And I'm just like, it's it's Daniel. Just <laughs> it's just it's just fucking daniel so is that like um like like what uh culture does that i have from? no idea i always tell everybody when they're like well that's unique i'm like yeah my parents were hippies and smoked a lot of drugs <laughs> so, so does your immediate family call you D- D- daniel nope. i didn't even find out that that was the wrong spelling of my name <laughs> until i was like i don't know seven or eight years old because there was never any other daniels in the class with me and oh, my teachers never pointed that out that, oh, hey, your name has two ends in it. It was when I came to Texas and there was another Daniel in the class with me. Um, I noticed that his name was missing an in, And I was like, dude, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> Can your parents not spell? And they're like, well, he's like, what are you talking about? And, you know, I found out that my name was actually Danil. And I was like, why did you keep this from me for like seven years? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's funny. I don't I've never actually met another Kevin that spells it weird, but there are like people have been like, they've asked me like, how do you spell Kevin? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? How do I spell Kevin? Like Kevin. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but like there's people that spell it with an E. I'm like, what? Two E's. Like you don't spell Kevin K E V E N. And there's apparently people, there's motherfuckers out there that spell Kevin with a second E and I don't get it. Kevin with a C. C E V E N. <laughs> I, I, it blows my mind that, that like, and I don't, I guess it's not popular because again, I've, I've met plenty. Like I grew up in a school where there was like three other Kevins, uh, and probably two other Gallagher's, but like there, there was never the K E V E N. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. I've, I've also gotten Gallagher with like, how do you spell Gallagher? And that I understand because like Gallagher, there are, in Ireland, I believe there are uh, Gallagher's that spell it without the, oh, I think it's without without the H. Um, and, and there's, I think there's like a way to spell it with a, an A, Gallagher. Yeah, there's like, I don't know, there's a couple different ways to spell Gallagher, especially if you're in Ireland. But I feel like mine's the, the I think my version of how Gallagher is spelled. I think literally Kevin Gallagher in Ireland is pretty much John Smith. <laughs> Uh, um, it, it, it makes it hard when you're a kid though and you can't find like yeah. a license plate or a vanity plate or anything with your name on it so 
Yeah, I, uh, I, well, I, w- as far as first name was concerned, I did not have that problem. Now my son has that problem because he knows that he's Kevin Gallagher the third, but like he also knows that he goes by Trey. Like he hasn't asked. He's six going on seven, six and a half. He hasn't like, I'm waiting for the day he's like, fuck you, dad. I'm Kev. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, no, no, you're like, t- I, I, it's going to be weird because the, the only reason I agreed to name him after me and my father is because I didn't have to call him Kev. Kev or Kevin. Like I was sold on the fact that we could call him Trey. So I'm waiting for the day that he defies me. <laughs> it will happen. All kids defy their parents. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, all right. So uh, I, I feel, I feel good now. We got away from serious interview talk and we, we went on another tangent and I feel like that we can appropriately uh, end the show uh, on that note. So before we officially go, uh, Daniil, uh, can you, uh, can you give everyone your plugs where they can find you temple of geeks and all that fun stuff? Uh, temple of geek website proper can be found at temple spelled exactly how it sounds. Temple of geek, uh, podcasts can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, uh, Google play, just type in temple of geek and you'll see our three shows. Um, and then social media, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, just search Temple of Geek. We we own that handle. So we're not hard to find. Just use the word Temple of Geek everywhere and you'll find us. Uh, and uh, just like you kind of asked me, I don't normally ask my guests this, but I'm stealing this question. Are there any projects uh, that you mm-hmm. can officially talk about? Uh, the, the other one is a maybe the one that you mentioned is kind of a maybe sort of, but I want some juicy projects if you have any. Uh, I don't think there's anything juicy coming up. We're getting ready to attend a bunch of cons, uh, you know, convention seasons like in full swing now. So like here in about six hours, I'll be at classic game fest. Um, and, uh, there's a couple other cons coming up. So we'll be posting up full reviews and, uh, and, uh, cosplay and everything else from those conventions there. Uh, nothing really deep, dark secret dives projects coming up along the, the, you know, that's official yet. We're still in the planning stages for a couple things. We're hoping to get some of these finalized so we can start having some new features on the website um, and get more, you know, more people to engage with us. Yeah. I saw uh, on Twitter that you guys were at least a couple days ago looking for more writers. Uh, Is that something you're still looking for? Uh, At the moment, I think we, got our fill for um oh. everybody that came in um all right so 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 don't don't pay attention to that guys uh you, you can't write <laughs> wait wait your turn <laughs> no we we got a, an actually a really good uh a good pool of people that messaged messaged all of us and it took us pretty much a day and a half to reply to everybody um but we God damn, I wish I would get responses when I say, Hey, come work for me for free. <laughs> uh, but you know, we got a pretty good uh, pull out of the people and uh, I'm looking forward to working with them and seeing what they got and hoping to share their, their visions and stuff to the world too. Now. Very, very cool. Well, uh, Daniel, thanks for doing the show. Everyone check out temple of geeks, uh, all the links and, and, and places that you can find, Temple of Geeks uh, are going to be in the show notes. So if you already forget, I, I mean, I don't know how you forget Temple of Geeks because it's pretty easy. But if you forget it, it's all the links are going to be in the show notes. Uh, Daniel, thanks for doing the show. I appreciate you having me. 
All right, guys. Thanks once again to Daniel Slade for being on the show. Check out Temple of Geek at templeofgeek.com, on Twitter at Temple of Geek, and be sure to listen to their podcast. Guess what, guys? I was a guest on that show. Check out episode 131 and hear me talk to Daniel about fandoms and myself, of course. Uh, Do you need another show to listen to? Hey, how about you check out Victims of Villains? They talk nerd, they talk hope. It's the podcast that uses pop culture to raise awareness for suicide and to bring hope to those in need. Hey, super friends, in October we'll be launching two new shows. That's right, two shows. First, we're launching After Party of One, where I sit down with people in the tabletop role-playing games community to discuss recent episodes of Jeff Stormer's Party of One podcast. And then at the end of the month, we're going to be launching Black Squadron Radio, a Star Wars podcast where we sit down and cover news and all kinds of different topics within the world of Star Wars. We'd like to end Everything is Awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now, and it can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. It takes people like us to make a difference, and one of the easiest and most important ways to take action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. Super friends, with November coming up, there is no greater issue than making sure you are eligible to vote. Head on over to vote.org to check to see if you're eligible to vote today. When I call my reps, I use a site called 5calls.org. That's the number 5calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries of issues that are important to you, contact info for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most important ways to have your voice heard. It can make a tremendous difference. Let your voice be heard. Thank you to our supporters on patreon.com slash that entertains if you want to support us in a non-monetary way word of mouth recommendations and five star rating reviews on itunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome you can find us on at real awesome pod on facebook.com and twitter you can also find us on instagram at awesome podcast and we're available on awesomepodcast.com and of course that entertains.com slash network you can get more news about this show at awesomepodcast.com and that entertains.com but but also on my personal Twitter at that nerdy Kev is where I do a lot of things. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have it a question or comment, email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That Entertains Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio. You can find more information at crudehumorstudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist-owned. Fan-supported.